Jack Kirby. Nice shirt, Scott. Spoiler alert. Holy Lord, is this an episode? Oh, my God. It's It's so Kirby. It's so Kirby. <laughs> oh, it is so Kirby, and we love it. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to DC Fanimated. I'm, of course, Dave the Film Junkie. With me, as always, Mr. Scott McClellan. How's it going? All existence will be mine. I know. I thought about doing that when I was like opening up. Should I do uh, a dark side quote? But I was like, after we talked and I saw your shirt, I was like, uh, let's just mention the the Jack Kirby that's all in this episode. Oh, right? and there and there's so, there's so much. Like, oh my god, my notes for this episode. Yes. Just, we got notes, folks. We got notes. We got some notes, notes which I'm uh, anxious to hear about. But uh, thank you guys, of course, for. Clicking in on the stream. How's it going, Ryan? He's the one that's only talking right now, but hey, that's fine. People will file in later and uh, talk later. But yeah, um, this one is, it expands. It expands the universe greatly. It is so so weird, all the connections, not only all the Kirby in the episode itself, but the the behind-the-scenes Kirby connections and... A cool, I mentioned this, if you go back, you have to go back way back, back in Batman the Fanimated stream, I mentioned a connection that was going to come up later on in the universe, and this episode is it. This is it. And then we also, you know, we get a little, you know, we get more characters in this. We get a, we get, we get Dan Turpin, we get Maggie, we get them. This is the first, with those crazy eyebrows, man, Dan. Oh, well, okay, let's start, let's start there. Yeah. Do you know the significance of the character design of Dan Turpin? I don't. Have you ever seen a picture of Jack Kirby? Oh, well, okay. I mean, yeah, but I didn't really think about uh, hold that. On, hold on, hold on, hold, hold, hold okay, on. Okay, let's pull up on. one. Okay. Oh, no, I, I came prepared. Okay, good. I came prepared. Oh, yeah. Sharing it right now. Okay, This so... is Jack Kirby, folks. <laughs> Did not even put that together. They literally shit. Yes, they literally drew Dan Turpin to look like Jack Kirby. This was intentional. Wow, I did not even think about putting that together. Jesus Christ, that is so good. I love it. I know because because Dan Turpin is a Jack Kirby creation. Mm -hmm. He first appeared in New Gods number five published in 1971, which goes back to, there was a four-year period that Jack Kirby, after he left Marvel and came to DC, he wrote four, he wrote and drew four monthly series concurrently for four years, from 1971 to 1975. This is what is referred to as the fourth world saga. Jeez. So you got to imagine this man was writing and drawing four series monthly at the same time over a four year period. That's amazing. It was new gods, Mr. Miracle, uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen and the forever people. Those four series are what encompass the fourth world saga. Jeez, this is crazy. Uh, you're gonna have to go in and out again. You're freaking pixelating right when you were talking about all that. Damn it. <laughs> so, 
Why does that always happen at the beginning? It's so stupid. I hate when that happens. Jeez, why does that always happen with StreamYard? But anyway, sorry about that, folks. But uh, we'll, we'll continue uh, talking again. But all right, there we go. It's always like right towards the beginning, man. And I'm coming live from Apocalypse now, apparently. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, live from Apocalypse. Here we go. Scott McClellan. Oi, but uh, no, that's great. Um, but I, I just, I'm, I'm I did not realize that you didn't realize that Dan Turpin was modeled after Jack Kirby. I did not know that. I did not know that. I didn't even think about it. Did not even think about it because I mean, obviously this is a, a very Kirby episode, but I just didn't even think about, I mean, I've seen what he looks like before, but you don't think about what he, I don't, I don't sit there and go like, Oh yeah. If I saw a picture right away, I would just automatically think that. I don't know. I was just, that's crazy. I love that though. Okay. So, Another deep, Kirby pull about this. Okay. The writer of this episode was Mark Evanier. He was an assistant to Kirby in the 70s mm -hmm. and wrote his biography, Kirby King of Comics, that won a 2009 Eisner Award. Oh, that's so cool. I know, <laughs> right? This episode's great. I this episode got even more, just got so much better after hearing all this. Oh my God. Um, oh. Do, we, do we have a voice of Turpin? We do have a voice of Turpin. His name is uh, Joseph Bologna. Okay. Uh, the, the, he, he appeared in a classic movie called My Favorite Year with uh, Peter O'Toole. But, okay. but a modern reference, maybe for you, uh, he was Adam Sandler's father in Big Daddy. No shit. Okay. Yeah. That works. Okay. There you go. Okay. Now I can put a face on that. Nice. Okay. Thank you for doing that. Because I'm welcome. thinking, okay. I was like, eh, I don't know about that movie, but yeah, you bring it to Big Daddy. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you ever, if you're curious about my favorite year, mm -hmm. um, that's the movie where you get the line dying is easy, comedy is hard. Okay. That's from my favorite year with Peter O'Toole <sighs> and cousin Larry from uh, Perfect Strangers. Cousin, Le no shit. Yeah. Wait, maybe I have seen that movie. I don't, I don't know now. Okay, whatever. We're not talking about that. But tangent uh, you know, already. But hey, tangent we're already. Play. I know we could just go off and all that because when you know, when I saw his face and you said Peter O'Toole, I'm like, huh. Anyways, okay. But uh, yeah, so this episode right here, obviously this is, um, what is it called again? Tools so, of the Trade. I know, but I'm talking about like, what is that term that it's the episode before the season? Oh, penultimate episode of season one. There you go. Because yes, yeah, so we got one more episode to go when it comes to season one of Superman. And man, this one just, I mean, again, it's just... You, it, I remember last week I was going, oh, wait a minute. I think <laughs> things were ringing. The bells were ringing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pew, you could you say know. they were booming. I know, they were booming. Ping, 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 ping. You know, maybe. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, so, yeah, I know. They were like, yeah. So, rewatching this episode, I was like, oh, yeah. I know where this is going. I know where this is going. And, uh, yeah, it just starts off. Obviously, we got the, uh, the Metropolis Gold Exchange. And I like how this the subtle little way of like this dude just walking up to a hot dog vendor in front of it and, you know, talking about the, the gold exchange, he goes, man, is anybody, uh, I wonder if anybody's ever tried to rob it. And the, the vendor just goes like, Oh, you need a, a tank the size of Pittsburgh. And sure enough, a tank just comes rolling down the streets. And the guy, like, of course, very cartoony looney tunes. He squeezes, 
his uh, hot dog that makes the, you know, the hot dog part just <laughs> it's like, okay. Very Looney Tunes right there. But, you know, it was just a, a fun little moment right there, I thought. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's, 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 it's a great introduction. And then you get the, the big ass tank. You yes. know, just driving through. And of course, in my head, it's like, oh, of course, this is inner gang. That's that's yeah. who that's who's going to have tech like this. Of course, you're going to see that with the big tank. And then this is where we get uh, intro- introduced to uh, Maggie and Dan. Mr. Turpin uh, coming and in. Detective Maggie Sawyer. Yes. Sawyer, a, with- a character from the comic books. Uh-huh. Now, she is not a Jack Kirby creation. She was introduced in 1987 in Superman number four. She was created by John Byrne. Nice. There you so go. Once, once again, you know, as as once again, anyone who knows me has you know, a name, name that comes off my lips whenever I talk with Superman is John Byrne. Mm. But yeah, she was introduced in 1907. She was the when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened, she basically became Superman's contact with uh, Metropolis Police, replacing the Silver Age character of Inspector Henderson. So Maggie Sawyer became uh, her became his contact. And then, of course, she goes on to become a major player in that John Byrne post-crisis era of Superman. And they kind of, you know, they establish that here, that there's a relationship that they establish here, at least like with I mean, obviously, it's 22 minutes that they have to cram all this crap in there. But you get a sense of like, okay, this is going to be when it comes to her. And him, you can kind of see like they're trying to establish like, like a little bit of a connection here. But I also like it too. Like we have Lois and Clark. That oh, hold on, before we move on from Maggie, oh, okay. though, okay, we have we have a voice for Maggie. Oh yeah, who's Maggie? Joanna Cassidy. Joanna Cassidy. Okay. Okay, I got that? two. I got two references for you. Okay, she is Zora, the replicant who's the snake dancer in Blade oh, Runner. Oh, okay. And she's Dolores in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. She's no Eddie's shit. girlfriend. Yes, yes. She's his girlfriend. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. That's when you uh, when you think about Blade Runner, she was the what again in Blade Runner? She was she was like the she was basically like the stripper who had the snake. Yeah. Okay. She was yeah. not in it that much. Yeah. No, because so, she gets shot yeah. in the, you know, she's the yes. one when she goes uh running go. through the the glass and gets shot in the back That's by, what it is. Yes. by Deckard. Yeah, but yeah, who frame Rod Director? There you go. Dolores. Okay, so she's the one that's voicing it. Okay. Okay, and I knew that voice sounded familiar too. Turpin sounded more familiar, but you know, maybe that's because Big Daddy, like you said. Um, but anyway, so and then uh, so we get Lo- and then I love how Lois is just like, I'm not gonna wait in this traffic. See you, Clark. And she just gets out of the car. So Lois of her, of course. That's so Lois. That's so Lois. I know we should have a segment where we just go, that's so Lois. And it's funny, too, because they're having a shootout at the gold exchange, and she just runs up. I know. Okay. I, I was, I. I, I yeah, went, yeah. 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 I was just like, oh, oh, oh you just going to run up right behind the police and, like, yeah. join in? <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, you got you got Turpin, you got Maggie that are just firing at these guys, and Lois just runs up. I was like, I was almost, I was almost expecting that she was gonna like just pull out a, a revolver from her purse and start firing too. But I'm like, all right, you know, it's whatever. It's Lois Lane. I get it. She's gonna run up there. But yeah, you think they would have it blocked off a little bit or something? But they're just going at it, and she's like right there. And of course, right as the the tank enters the building, of course, Superman. I mean, obviously, when all the the the, the reports are happening and stuff like that, they're like 
it's a whole big thing and it's on TV. And then of course we see um, Superman just like swoop in, obviously Clark. It has, I remembered this way. I love the way how he like punches the cannon off the tank, like piece by piece. It's like, boom, boom. And then he rips into it. Yes. It's, it's a good little action sequence. And I mean, you know, he gets a little rattled at first, but then of course, and then he lifts it. And it's funny too, because he lifts it up and then just drops it. And I'm just thinking, yeah, those guys would probably the gravity, the force probably would have, you know, yeah, broke yeah. Off, broken some bones at least. Yeah. But you know, it disabled the tank. That's all that they were trying to express is like the tank is now disabled. And uh, so, uh, and then of course, Mannheim is just that that's where he's watching the whole report, like in his, in his mansion or whatever the hell. And of course he's pissed and he gets even more pissed. I mean, it, obviously he gets more pissed later. And then, uh, but it's funny too, because when it comes to Dan Turpin, I mean, you almost get like a Harvey Dent or not Harvey Dent, Harvey Bullock uh, sense to him at first. Cause he, he seems like he doesn't like Superman. Yes. You know, a, it, there's, yeah. a, there's a very Harvey Bullock sense to him at first, because obviously the reporters are just, I mean, there's a one reporter that just always is like saying like, oh, yeah, what's Angela, what's Angela Chen? That's oh, right. yeah. Yeah. And she like always is just saying like, well, hey, you know, it seems like, you know, Mr. Blue Boy is always bailing you guys out. And that pisses him off, of course, because he's, he's he wants to be a good cop. He wants to take these guys down. And then he got and, you know, and with his eyebrows. Pants. How can yes. you say no? I mean, just <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you, man, he needs to get those cleaned up. But uh, yeah, it gets a little rattled from that naturally. And uh, but then, of course, we have Mannheim. Uh, and this is a it is a cool little sequence because our cool little um, scene, because he he has all this art- artillery, just weapons, everything. But they're useless against Superman. So he's just like, fuck this. Like, these are toys. What are we even doing here? We can't do anything with this guy around because they do nothing. And then somebody shows up. Ooh. Canto, yes. Canto. Man, uh, I tell you I mean, what. Clearly shows, a Kirby that, creation. Yes. Clearly. I mean, clearly. That hair. That hair and, of course, you know, the mustache goatee. You're like, that's, yeah, interesting. I mean, because it's funny because if you look at if you look at what he looks like in the comic books. and then what he looks, he looks like, at the end of the episode. Yeah, at the end of the episode. <laughs> but in here, he's, like, wearing a suit, and you're like, that doesn't that doesn't match. Like the whole time you're like, that doesn't look like that's what he normally wears. And sure enough, when you see what he normally wears, you go, all right, that checks out. <laughs> Just yes. like that hair and that, you know, what the the style is. But yeah, he shows up. Uh, By the way, Canto. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Here it is Mr. Voice? Miracle number oh, yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Published in 1972. So once again, he's a new god. Clearly. Uh, we don't know this yet, but Works we will. Yeah. Yeah, but another Kirby creation. And did you recognize the voice? No, I did not. Uh-oh. Damn it. Dave. I know. Dave. I'm going to be so disappointed in myself when you tell me who it is. Go ahead and tell me. Rip the Band-Aid. It's Michael Rip. York. It's Michael York. Shit. And do you know why that's so significant, Dave?
Sorry, I, I muted my mic right now. Because you, my you were just, it was really great because you're like, I don't know what. Okay. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, I totally just, when I was like doing the, the, the depressed thing on my mic, I accidentally muted it. So go ahead. Just, just keep, okay. just keep ripping off band-aids. It's okay. Fine. When was the last major time that we had Michael York as a voice in this animated universe? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay. He was the voice of Vertigo okay, in yeah. Off Balance. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what happened at the end of Off Balance? Refresh my memory. Who did we get introduced to at the very end of Off Balance? Again, going to be drawing blanks right now. It's been a long weekend, dude. I've been busy. I, Sorry. I, I'm so I'm so. Shit. I know you are. I know you are. But off the top of my head, with all this peer pressure, my brain is going, ah. Okay. <laughs> Remember, Off Balance is the episode where Batman and Talia team up to take oh, yeah. down Vertigo. And mm. who are we introduced to at the very end of the episode? Uh, Raish. Raish. Yes. So here we get an episode with Michael York again voicing yeah. a character. And then we get introduced to a big bad at the very end of the episode. Wow. It follows Parallel. the same pattern. And Michael York voices both characters who kind of guide us to the actual big bad by the end of the episode. See, there you go. That's see, this is why this I mean again, I'm disappointed in myself. You should I will be. never I will never forgive myself for that. But this, this is, is also why, why I freaking do this show. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If it was just me talking about this, holy crap. This is what we do. I'm 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 the guy that just does this, man. You got the you got all the knowledge and you blow my mind. And I again I just I'm disappointed that I did not think about that, but that is awesome. I love the parallels like that. That is cool. I didn't, I would never, never even thought about how that episode ended, how it introduced that character, that big bad, which, you know, led to more things. And then we get this. Wow. That's, that's really freaking cool right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get introduced to, to Kanto and, uh, and he basically is like, Hey, I got some weapons. That you could use, and then he showed, and then of course we get like some demonstration. We get the uh, the Omnicore. Is that what it's called, the Omnicore? The the with the fists. Uh, well, that wasn't first. First, he's got the he's got the staff that looks oh, like yeah. a tuning fork. Yeah, uh, that, which that once again, disabled. yeah, all the all these Kirby esque designs. I mean, yes. now when I say Kirby esque designs, uh, do you have any idea what I mean when I talk about a Kirby design? I think so. Yeah. What what is your understanding of like because, Kirby-esque? Because it's like it's 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 godlike, but it's also it's technology. I don't know, it's like a com- combination, I would say. Like they look like you know, like obviously he's got like that staff, but it's it's got so much it's technology. I don't know, it's got I it's hard to explain what I'm okay. trying to say. But yeah. So when you look at something, if you want to think about yeah. if you want to think about something that is Kirby-esque you'll see a lot of straight lines with not like, like angles. So think about how it's not, it's, it's not rounded. It's very out, up, out. Like it's very, it's got a lot of sharp angles and straight lines. And then 
look at the design and then when you look at the design on it you'll see a lot of lines with circles oh yeah okay yeah that like when kirby drew technology because you can also go back because remember kirby uh was one of the co-creators of four for marvel and go back and look at asgard a, a design of asgard technology in Marvel Comics, and you'll see that because we talked about in Last Son of Krypton Part One that on the screen uh, where Brainiac had his three dots, hmm. and there was all that stuff uh, floating around on the screen. I told you that's what's called Kirby Crackle. Oh, that's right, Kirby Crackle. That's right, that term. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, because you'll have because usually, and that was the one thing that disappointed me is that when he showed the uh, the Armitage or whatever, you know, the, the hands. Yeah. I really wish they had anim- that the, the energy that's glowing around the hands. I really wish it had been Kirby Crackle because if if this had been like a Kirby comic, that's what that's what Kirby Crackle would have been. It would have been the energy, uh, you know, radiating, you know, off of the hands. Like that's that's how easy. Like when laser beams fired, mm-hmm. the laser would have had like the little circles and dots Mm -hmm. all uh, drawn into it. So whenever you see, you know, these really weird angular with lots of lines and circles, that tends to be a very, what we call a Kirby design. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was thinking like, obviously, I mean, yeah, his designs, even like, like you said, even going back to Thor and showing like, because everything is all, you know, it's like mid medieval like with everything, but it's like, there's so much technology within that. So, and just, you know, great designs. I mean, I forgot about the Kirby crackle though. That's cool. I'm glad that came back, but uh, yeah, showing, showing, uh, obviously they're doing a demonstration. Obviously. Yeah. We saw the, the staff that basically could just, obliterate any weapon that anybody has and then of course we get uh, a laser that that could just basically just go through anything like there's a steel safe that they're that he shoots it at and it just melts it like it's nothing like and it's then, butter course, like it's like butter. it's butter you melted it like it's butter and uh and then of course we get the i think yeah they call the, the om it's called the omnicore right omnic omnic omnicore the arm because i thought it was like Omni- a Omnicure, omni, amateur, amateur, yeah, something, like yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's just it, you put on the gloves, they create bigger hands. It's like energy, it's almost you know, which kind of reminds you like a Green Lantern. Yes, ring. that's what I was gonna say. It's Green yeah. Lantern esque, but it's got purple around it and stuff. But I mean, the, you know, you're starting to see like, okay, it's uh, you know, it's just raw energy that they that's what uh, Kanto says. It's like it's raw energy, and then of course, we have I love how uh. You know, Turpin just uh, Dan Turpin just shows up. He just, you know, he shows up to man because he knows he's like Mannheim. This is the guy. This is the guy I got to take down. So he shows and he's seeing all this. He's seeing all this, you know, because he's like in a tree or something like that. He's climbing over the wall. What? No, no, you're right. You're like, he's, he's like hanging. Yeah. Up. Like he's, he, he, he used a tree to like hang yes. up the wall and he's like spying and looking at all this stuff yeah. because it's all because they're doing this all like in Man- Mannheim's front yard. <laughs> Yeah, that's the safe place to do it, right? Good job. Good job. Um, and then, of course, you know, Mannheim is like, hey, like, you know, what, what, obviously he's because Mannheim's, you know, he's he's he knows that this shit ain't free. This this ain't. This, I love that line. Yeah. What does this cost me for the moment? Nothing. 
and in my in my experience, nothing can get really expensive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. Great, great line because he knows, you know, he's a guy. It's business, man. It's business. Yes. And then uh Canto says, like, oh yeah, well, I just consider this a free sample. And it's like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And then and then we get like a sense of like, okay, so we see him like eventually just go outside the yeah out you know and just disappear dan sees this you know he but sees you it. notice that we hear a what now when oh, it happens mm-hmm. yeah boom. you hear a little boom that happens that's where you start going oh boy oh boy i do however love the fact that they hint at the boom tube yeah. twice it's not until like the third time that we actually like see a boom tube mm-hmm. and i and and i love that way of like when i'm watching the show i don't have a flying fuck <laughs> idea what's going on when i'm watching this show back in like 1996 yeah but i love it how like if you're a comic book fan and you know kirby's fourth world you're just like creaming your pants like you know what's going on and while you know what 14 year old me would be like What's going on? Huh? Yeah, it's like, yeah. You're watching this, you're like, all right, this guy, well, obviously he's not from here. What the hell is happening? But yeah, watching it and rewatching it now, you're like, oh man, there's so much, there's so much in this. Oh man, this is great. And you know, forgetting how much there's in it. But uh so then we see that, and then of course we have we go back to uh the station. Um what, what what's what's what what are they a part of again? The Metropolis Special Special Crimes. That's unit. what it is. That's right. At the S the S C U the Special Crimes Unit, which right. is you know that part of uh, the Metropolis PD that's meant to handle, you know, s- you know special cases, usually like super villains and 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 you know technology look kind of like inner gang you know think about you know think about like the dark knight like when gordon's working for the major crimes unit in in that movie that's you know that's what this is this is like the metropolis version of that makes sense and then of course dan's talking to maggie and just like dude it's a guy just like you know disappeared out of thin air and but he's it's just one of those things where it's like hey um, Mannheim's the guy, you know, I want to take him down. Don't need Superman, blah, 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 blah. And then of course we get our first, um, first job because obviously Mannheim's like, all right, got new toys. Not, you know, not like the old toys. These are new and improved. So let's uh, do a new job. So we got these goons that show up to, you know, to just a money train is being, it's just a good old fashioned train robbery, you know? Yeah, you know, why not use the technology for a good old fashioned train robbery? There's nothing wrong with that. You always have, you know, the two guards that they're just sitting there pouring coffee, you know, sitting there. And like, again, we've talked about that, how, you know, in like Batman, where it's like, what are these guards going to do? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Like, what are they there for? You know, and I was thinking the same thing when it came to this. And I was just like, all right. <laughs> You know, something really bad happens. What are these guys going to really do? And sure enough, something pretty bad happens where, well, you know, taken out using the uh, the whatever the hell it's called again. Uh, the big fists. We'll just call it the big fists. Uh, the what do they call those? Uh, those anyways. Anyways. Um, so and just kind of just take out uh, the train track where the, the the train goes, you know, into the ground doesn't crash or whatever yeah everyone's and, dead by the way if that yeah i know happens. you think so it would it would just be like that but uh 
Um, so that's all happening. And of course, we I love this part at the Daily Planet where like Lois just like rushes by Clark and she's like train to Melanie, blah, blah, blah. and then like she gets so upset with the elevator because <laughs> it, it she's just like as she's, talk, as she's talking, she just keeps on clicking it, and then she goes train to blah, 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 and I and I wish that the guy that operated this elevator was on the train. I, I forgot exactly what she said, but she is it's just a funny moment because as she's telling Clark what's happening, she's constantly clicking the button as if, if that's going to make anything you know work faster and it's just a funny moment that that lois has and then i like what superman does because- oh that's the best part i love yeah. how we just like how he just sort of it kind of reminds me of what brandon ralph does in superman returns yes with that? the elevator shaft yeah the elevator shaft yeah. yeah but i love how he just I love how he just kind of slowly backs into the elevator shaft and then drops. And as soon as he drops, he just like zooms on the shaft, zooms out of it, zooms out the, you know, the spinning door. And he's just a blur. It's just all a blur. And we're just like, okay. So, um, and then we get like a cool little, you know, action sequence that happens over here. Obviously they melt the door to, you know, open up the, the money part of the train wherever where they're going to rob it. And then of course, Superman's going to be, fighting with these guys and there's like a cool there's actually a cool little close call moment where some power lines start coming down and of course he has to like grab onto him and it's you know obviously electrocuting him but it's not doing much but he's still struggling and then he lifts it up just in time as another train was about to go by i was like oh that was it was a cool shot just a cool shot of him just going up and then like that was i liked him being electrocuted as he was lifting the tower back up that was adds a little more to it right right it's like oh yeah he's taking a little bit of a beating right now yeah I mean, even though it's Superman, it's like, you know what? It still probably doesn't feel that great. And then, of course, when you're just trying to hold up that, you know, showing a little struggle right there. So and then, of course, when after all that, you know, happens, all those guys get away. And then um, and then, of course, uh, we have uh, we go back to uh, Dan and Maggie and they're arguing about uh Mannheim and trying to get him. And, and, you know, and, and it just goes back to the whole thing of like how Dan is just kind of Harvey Bullock-esque when he's just like, you know, now I don't need Superman. And of course, Maggie's like, we need to bring Superman in on this. He's going to be our guy to help us. You have to, you have to welcome him into this. And he just goes, he just drops his badge into her hands. I know he like turns in his badge. Yeah. And I'm really glad (laughs) that very cliche thing, but I'm also glad later on when Maggie has that line with Superman, it's like, if I had a nickel for every time that Dan Turpin turned in his badge, but that was an interesting relationship. I like the fact that even though Turpin is like the grizzled veteran, Maggie's his commanding officer. Like Maggie's the one in charge of the SCU. Did did you pick up on that? Like, like, she's the boss. And I, and that was cool. I, I I appreciated that where it wasn't he's the grizzled old veteran and he's you know the guy in charge. He's like no, he's working for Maggie. At first, it makes it does seem like he's the boss because obviously you, you just automatically think that oh she's the young one, he's the old one. But the fact that when he gave her his badge, you're like oh okay. It's not that. And the fact that he was arguing and just like pushing back. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. That is kind of flipped right there because you wouldn't think that at first. But that was just really cool. Like, I mean, obviously, it's a trope. You see it 
so many times in movies where it just I mean the only thing he didn't do also was hand in his gun. I was about to say I was like that was the only other thing was like he didn't like you know hand over the revolver and slam it on the desk or something like that. But uh yeah, so yeah, they do that and then uh and then of course we're back at Mannheim's where you know this time Dan's like showing up and he's like more like, you know, trying to be stealthier. He's got his, te- he's got his turtleneck on, you know, yeah. he's- the turtleneck, the infamous DC animated turtleneck that everybody ends up wearing when they're it's at night and they're doing something. They're sneaking. Sneaky. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Turtleneck. Yes. You have to have that. How turtleneck. many times did we see Bruce Wayne in a turtleneck? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Can't even. Yeah. Lost count. Um, and then, of course, we got Kanto that shows up. And he has another little device that it's kind of, and once again, we hear the, yes. Yeah. We hear the, yeah. We hear the boom tube, but we don't see it, which is again, I I love that you uh, brought that up that we don't see it for the first two times, but then we eventually do see it. And, uh, and then of course he like shoots this, you know, it looks like lasers that just wrap around him at first, but then it turns into actual, you know, solid, you know, he just basically turned him into a mummy. I guess you could say. Yeah, ba- he, ra- he wrapped him up. Yeah, yeah, bandages. almost like bandages, but he can't yeah. get out. Um, so we got that, and then of course, Canto uh, uh, says uh, to Mannheim that, "Oh yeah, his boss is pleased." You know, with the first demonstration of the weapons that they gave, which you know is good, and then, uh, and then of course he gives him another weapon that, hey, you know what, this one right here. You could probably destroy Superman with this. I think, uh, you know, you've proven yourself to be like, hey, here's one that can get rid of that, you know, good old flyboy right there. Yeah. And, and, and once again, Kirby-esque, because it's just like, it's just, look at the design. The design, yeah. The design. I mean, just look yeah. at the design of that gun. And then look at the design of the early warning system, how it's just big and giant and huge. And it's like, well, <laughs> is there any reason for it to be that it's big. so ridiculous because you don't see you don't you, you didn't see him give him that it was just like it was there and he already like had it we didn't see that like him give him that but it's like yeah it's like a weird design like a robot looking weird thing and it basically sensed that oh yeah you know superman is you know it's sensing superman that is that he's coming and yeah it's a very uh very interesting very interesting design and then of course when superman does show up to the mansion you know you got the the goons on the on top of the roof they're shooting like like flare you know pulse whatever the hell and i love how superman just grabs one and throws it back you know yes. that, that was cool that was really cool that we just grabbed one of those and just threw it back to take those guys out and then, uh, and then, of course, inside he he takes on another guy who's you know doing like the the the, the fists again. But oh, this that's time, cool though! Like when he yes. like grabs the energy and basically like breaks his fingers. Dude, I was uh. like, oh, they got a oh. I mean, I guess it's no blood or no nothing. But when you see like when he breaks through those and you see that guy go ah, and you see like a little, you see a little they're all like wet. twisted and stuff. you see a little sweat like go down. And it's like, and then you see his fingers like. All t- jacked up yeah it's like ooh, man that did not feel good at all holy crap man but then of course we got manheim it's like all right time to test out this new weapon and it, at first he's like all right let me toy with him a little bit we just shoot him you know where it's not where it's gonna maybe you know knock him down a little bit but then he's gonna like turn it on to you know he's gonna turn it up to 11 and then this is where we're gonna 
get into the clip right here because Ooh, this is where okay. it gets intense and I love it. So here we go. Mr. Mannheim, the floor is yours. Get ready to eat it, Superman. Look at the yeah, look yeah, at look, see all the dots and the yep. zigzaggies. And the yeah. lines, yes. And then yeah, of course, uh, Turpin just comes in and saves his ass. Look at those eyebrows. That's where all his strength comes from, is the eyebrows. <laughs> oh, and this shot of Superman. Yes. Oh, oh dude, wait. this shot dude. is beautiful. Absolutely. Look at that. So freaking cool. And he just walks into the... Ah. Oh, I mean, you know, ah. angry red eyes. Angry yes, red dude. eyes. Just a full That's shadow. Awesome. So good. And, I, you know, in the suit, Superman, you know, he goes looking for Turpin. And he's gonna, you know? he's, gonna, he's gonna rescue Turpin first. Make sure he's good. I'm just catching my breath. Just catching my breath. I love that. And then, and then this is this this is cool right here. There oh. it is. Oh, wait, you've gotta help me. Give me something. Give me something. You had your chance. Uh, now I hear the voice. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I also love how Mannheim like jumps in right before the right at the end closes. Yeah, right at the end. You're like, oh, well, what the hell? Um, so yeah, so that was cool, like a little ending of of that. And then of course we have the reporters, you know, same one. What's what's the reporter's name again? Angela Chen. Angela Chen, yeah. She of course is trying to give him the the business again, saying, like, yeah, Superman saved your ass. And I love I love this little turnaround where it's like Superman just shows up and goes, Nope, reverse. He saved me. And I was like, that's cool. It's a cool little flip. So now you know, it's not it, it, now. It's not like Harvey Bullock anymore. I guess you could say. No, no. That actually, now it's like there's this mutual respect between Superman and Dan Turpin, which will play out later on in the series, of course. But that's not where the episode ends. No, and we have to show the clip too. We have to. We, we have, have to, to because it's just. I was like when I was watching it, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna show two because I like that that part, uh, that ending, that part right there, and then. We're going to fast forward to when we get this little. Oh, my God. Fire pits. Yes. Fire pits, Fire pits everywhere. Where in God's name are we? <laughs> and I love this. That depends. I love that. Listen, buddy. I'm and look at that outfit. Now it makes sense. I know, right? Oh, and that. Just look yes. up there. Ah, and then you're like. Oh, you who are you? Your new lord and master. Master. You may call me. Call me. <laughs> and of course, you know that voice. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so Michael cool. Ironside. Oh, that guy's voice. That guy's voice. Recognizable. You just. Ugh, God damn it. I, yeah. Michael. The Ironside. only thing that shocked me because it's been a while since I watched this episode is how much more like like stuff they've yeah. done to his voice in like in this little appearance because yeah. i feel like as the show goes on they pull back on all the producing and yeah. you get more just to like they let michael ironside like just do the business himself 
and I mean, the dude's voice is just oh my god i mean he doesn't need much same i mean similar to uh you know similar to ray porter similar to um uh, what's his name that's also done it too uh oh, tony it? todd has tony done todd it. there you go yeah. yeah that's what i was thinking too i mean there's a certain i mean that's why like when i think about uh the story like that ray porter has said you know many times when he got when he got the dark side, uh, well, cast and we, cause obviously he was cast first to play that little cameo that we see him in the Viking, whatever the heck, when it came to the mother boxes, when, when, when Diana's telling Bruce about the whole story of all that stuff, he was originally, which, by the uh, way, which one, we get a cameo of a mother box in this episode. Did we really? Well, think about it. Canto reaches into his pocket and uses a device to open up the boom tube. The only thing that opens up a boom tube is a mother box. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, jeez. God, this is a great episode. This is a I'm great episode. It. There's so many things. So many things. So Kirby. So, so much Kirby. Oh, I love it. Wow. That I did not. Didn't even think about that. I mean, Holy I mean, shit. they don't bring a, they don't bring attention to it. They no, do things, but like he just reaches a pocket and goes boop. And it's like, well, the only thing that opens a mother box uh, opens a boom yeah. tube is a mother box. Duh. I'm like, wait a minute, yes, that's the only <laughs> thing that does. Oh man, did not even. Oh man, did not. Even, God damn, they just were really going like, we're just going all out with like little things that's here and there. The thing, it's yeah. like. It was like Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, Alan Burnett and company. It was like, no, we're because you've got to know that by the time this show was coming out, Kirby has already passed away. Yeah. Jack Kirby passed away in 1994. And so and then this series is coming out in 1996. But the idea to commit to go, oh, no, oh, no, we're going to bring the Kirby, yeah. you know, when it comes that. to our animated series, make Dark Side basically. I mean, you got Lex Luthor, of course, and you got Brainiac, but we're really gonna make like Dark Side like the biggest bad of our show, dude. So good, and and the fact that it's not even like the season finale. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. They're it's like, been... yeah. No. They're, they didn't wait to, they were like, oh no, this is not going to even be the season finale. We're going to tease this, you know, the episode before. I mean, come on. Good job. Bravo, guys. I love it. I, love I know. It. <laughs> and once again, the way that this series, and dude, wait till we get to season two. Yeah. Wait till we get to season two. Oh, yeah. And there's some stuff that goes down in season two. Uh, but the way that this series is single-handedly responsible for you know for decades my knowledge of anything yeah uh related to the fourth world by jack kirby it's it's just yes it's just so freaking good but but yeah i mean just going back to what i was talking about when it comes to i mean there's a certain voice for dark side that yeah you just that is dark side and michael ironside tony todd Tony Todd, right? That's his name. Yeah, Tony Todd. Because yeah. he, yeah, did, he did it for the uh, for the later um, the DC animated movies that made like the the continuity. Yeah, yeah. He did. He was the voice for Reign of the Superman and Apocalypse War. Okay, yeah, that's right. But I mean, there's just a certain. That's why I'm like, you know, that Zach is like a fan of all this stuff. When he heard Ray Porter's voice, he was like, "That's it." That's, That's it. it. And like you said, 
they, they don't need much to add to production when it comes to, like you said, with Ironside's voice, it's like they kind of like relaxed on it in the later stuff because it's like, dude, just that's the that's the dude's voice. Just like I mean, I mean, they even brought Michael Ironside back for the Harley Quinn animated series. Yeah. <laughs> I <right>. mean, <laughs> he's so just good. so good. It's just so good. But uh, season finale next week, and what do we got? Two's a crowd. Is it? A, it's a return. It is a return of. Do you want to take a guess? Purple guy. Yep, I think pa- I remember. Yes, it's oh, parasite. Yeah, yeah. yeah parasite. Yeah. Comes See, the back. later episodes are more familiar than the beginning. That's what's funny. I'm like, ooh, man, you're doing a lot better with like remembering. <laughs> like, yeah, for some reason, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we get the return of Parasite next week. Two's a crowd, and it should be interesting. Yes, so, season one, episode thirteen, final yeah. episode of season one. And um crazy how it's like thirteen episodes when you have that first Batman. Season. Oh my god, that was like sixty-five <laughs> episodes before Jeez. we get to the end of season one. It is crazy how that is now. It's like how like how everything's so yeah, it's different now where it's like, all right, we're at the end of we're already at the end of season one of Superman. I told you the entire series of Superman the Animated Series is less episodes than season one of Batman the Animated Series. Insane. Insane. But uh, yeah, check that out, guys. And we'll be back here, of course, talking about it. And hopefully at the regular time. But, you know, today, you know, there's like a traffic jam if you saw... Dude, oh, dude, Twitter. you need a mother box. You just need travel by BoomTube. I mean, That's it, all I need. with if California I could, traffic, BoomTube's the way to go. I'm just can't saying. Can't tell. You got one? Anything? I need something. All right, come here with your weird hair and your and your uh, you know <laughs> and your uh, goatee slash mustache thing. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you guys spending some time with us uh, tonight talking about this great Kirby episode. We're we we're all nerd bonering out right here when it comes to a lot of the, and and there's even more obviously um, that uh, Scott has given us. With uh, when it comes, to I get boners. It's just what I you do. do. You do. You know, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. You know, uh, you definitely do. I, I can't stand up right now for sure. But uh, go ahead, Scott. Send us off. <laughs> oh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Scott DC twenty seven. You can find my podcast at DC Squadcast wherever podcasts can be found. We're on Vero, Facebook, YouTube, with the entire network of shows at squadcastmedia.com. Sorry for the delayed new episodes, Tim, my co-host. Stuff's happening. So, you know, you have to understand, but you do realize we got Blue Beetle this week, so there'll be a review coming hopefully soon. I got to make sure Tim's got tickets to go see Blue Beetle. So, (laughs) life's been, he's had stuff. The stuff has been happening. But, um, squadcastmedia.com, you can find all of our archive stuff. And of course, please support us over at patreon.com slash squadcastmedia. You got over 400 pieces of content. I'm sure you haven't seen all of it. So go on over there and check it out. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Smash that like, thumbs up, subscribe, do all that. See you guys tomorrow on Film Junkie Live, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Plenty to talk about. So see you guys then. We will talk to you guys later. <laughs>